Hey guys, this is Amanda Robertson here with my co-host Dennis Silvers for the Vegas Sand Trap. This is part two with our special guest, golf course designer Jan Beljan. No, I, that's uh, that's uh, that's very good. You mentioned about you mentioned about the scratch players. You know, when people look at my swing, Jan, they think I'm a scratch player, and I tell them the only thing I scratch is my rear end walking down the. Uh, Walking down the fairway, but anyway, uh, go, go ahead, Amanda. I've played golf with him, Jan. I, I know, I know the truth. Yeah. Um, Jan, as a player, I always factor in short the short game area and the practice facility into like a course review that I might give. Um, why do you, why do so many courses neglect short game area? Is it lack of space? Is it something that it's an afterthought or? Well, I, I think first I would ask you how old are the properties that you're visiting. Correct. Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's, let's, let, let's put things in context. So uh, you might be going there at this moment, but that course may have been conceived and built 40 years ago. For sure. And, and, and um, uh, Dennis, I think that you probably would remember 40 years ago that uh, their practice facilities, if you had a driving range, that was a pretty good thing. Right. Well, yeah, you're getting personal now, Jan. <laughs> You're getting yeah, personal, sweetie. I wasn't going to say yeah. anything, but... <laughs> Have you I'm, been talking I'm, I'm to Amanda before this interview? I mean, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm saying you're a man of experience. Yeah. That's you playing when wise you were five years beyond old. his years. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. No, that's that's a good. That's a very very True. good point that you make. Yeah, because I do notice the property. Yeah, the newer properties do try to accommodate mm-hmm. more. I just you know I hear so many people you know especially the older more traditional country clubs and that's where we belong when we're on off season and we're practicing right. and and so a lot of times I'm like man you know. How, what happened here? But I guess, like you said, it was just not as prominent to have it, to have that. Well, right. It wasn't a concept that was that was a part of part of the club at that era. Fitness centers weren't either. True. Very true. That's All right. Good point. That's a that's a very good point, Jan. And by the way, again, we're speaking with Jan Bell Jan here on uh, the Vegas Sand Trap. Jan, when you are designing a course, how do you go about determining what the greens complex will look like? Does it does it have to do with the overall style of the golf course? Does it have to do with the personal preference of you, the designer? Or does it have to do with the type of hole it is? Uh, all of the above plus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the and and the the what's going to drive before those three items will be the land. So what's the what's the configuration? First, there's a routing done, and we know this is the this will be the sequence of golf holes. We're going to start out with a par four and a par four, and just get people moving off the golf course. You know, get them moving around. We don't want to start on a par five as a rule, not these days, because so many people can hit the you know guys can hit the ball so far, and they're hitting into the next group in front of them. Right. Right. So, so we we try to get people away. This in contemporary design, uh, it was considered different before. We have the kind of equipment and uh, player um, fitness that we have, but I would say you have um, it's, it's the land, it's the routing, and it's what's around it. So, are you in a in an area where you have trees that will be around the golf green? 
Will there be real estate? Will there be single family homes or a condominium or a five, you know, five or ten story high rise? And that all has to do with shade. Are you going to have shade on the green that's going to cause a problem? And so you would try to manipulate the green, design the green first to have the maximum amount of sunlight that it can have and have the most amount of airflow across it that it can have. That's the first thing. And then the second thing would be how does that fit with the angle of the golf hole um, when you're playing into it? Are you going to be playing straight away? Is the green going to be um, at an opposite angle to the, to the approach into the green? And um, how long is that approach shot? So the longer the approach shot, you'll have commonly there's a larger green, a larger target, because you know the error of a mishit is going to be greater the longer the club. For instance, Janet, let me just jump in. For instance, you would uh, purposely design a green a little bit larger coming into a par 5, for example, as opposed to a par 3. Well, maybe not, because on a par 5, I'm expecting somebody to hit a short shot in on their third shot. Okay. Right, so, so it might be uh, a little tighter than... Yeah. Gotcha. So, or what you may have is, uh, depending on the shots, and this is meant to be uh, the proverbial reachable par 5, it may be a green, a very large green, so that somebody can get on this putting surface, mm-hmm. but it may have uh, different, different elevations, so that you better be on the right elevation because the putt you're going to have will be treacherous. Right. Right. And that, uh, that makes perfect sense. We better leave Jan to course design. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's all I have to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Jan, you're known for driving, you know, women to be more successful and more engaging in the golf community and the world of golf. Um, do you feel that we're at a pivotal point in women's golf? And what do you feel will allow it to keep pushing forward in a positive direction? What do we need to do? to keep doing that. Well, well, I, I think that what we need to do is exactly what's going on right now, and that's part of that is the conversation you and I are having. Oh, it yeah. is making it, it is making making sure that women hear other women in the roles that need to be filled. Yeah. They need to understand that you understand the business of golf and that women are perfectly suited to be in the business of golf, not just in the sport of golf. So I think one of the most heartening things, and you probably know this, Amanda, from the from the um, LPGA uh, USGA girls golf situation. If you know Sandy Labov, you know she started that in 1989 with right. yeah. softball girls, and it's now there. There over 300,000 girls have been touched by that yeah. since, since the USGA has become involved in this past. Right now, there are 60,000 girls uh, involved in golf. And it's because they're amongst themselves, they feel confident amongst themselves in playing golf competitively against each other. They have the social aspects, but they're women, girls right now in, in golf are kind of outstripping boys in golf. So between the US, the LPGA, USGA Girls Golf Foundation and, and the, L, the uh, First Tee, which is also exposing a lot of girls to golf who never would have had that chance, I mean, just look at what happened over the past weekend uh, when they played out of Pebble Beach. How good yeah. is that? Yeah. 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 Sandy, uh, Sandy is married to, a, uh, to Mike uh, LeBove, and they're both in uh, the Phoenix area in Arizona, both uh, top instructors, and they both do a wonderful job in, in promoting yeah. junior golf, and, uh, and they're, both, uh, they're both great people. Uh, Jan, how much of a challenge is it for you uh, 
as a designer, taking into consideration the water issues that many parts of the country have? You know, like here in southern Nevada, there's a water shortage, uh, and uh, they have to be very careful on uh, the maintenance of golf courses out here. But what what kind of issues do you face as a designer uh, in areas of the country where water is at a real premium? Well, uh, the issues are exactly that. It's to use it wisely, and and it's also to help educate uh, golfers and non-golfers alike about the benefits of golf courses and what they can do for underground water recharge. I think you'll find that most of the golf courses in arid areas such as in Nevada, Southern California, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, even Florida, we have a lot of uh, re- reused water. It's recycled. It's tertiarily treated, so mm-hmm. it can go out onto the golf courses. We can't, it can't be used to irrigate crops, but it can be used to irrigate turf. Now, once that water goes down into into the ground, then it ultimately it goes into the water table and goes to where it can be pulled out again in a well, but it's already cleansed by the plants that are there, namely the turf grass. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is uh, understanding the limits of how much water is available, and then it is designing the golf course so that you, we're, we, we know we'd like to have people playing on, on green, putting greens. We know we'd like to have them have a fairway. <laughs> yes, please. We, we know we'd like to have them have tees. <laughs> but, so, so we design, we design the turfed areas as, as the, the playing field, the actual playing field where we think we're, they, they, they can they can be inside that margin there of error uh, if 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 that's clear mm-hmm. um, so if if we can do that and uh, we can manage the water well and um, uh, there are places too where cities will want to have golf courses in the area because they they want to not uh, deep well inject that treated water. In, that can never be used again. They'd rather have it sprayed out onto the turf grass sure. to then go into the aquifer. Sure. sure. So you know, years years ago, like years ago, Jan, when uh, water shortage here became an issue in Southern Nevada, uh, I had on the head, uh, the then head of the Southern Nevada Water Authority, and I came up with what I thought was a very simple, very beneficial solution. Uh, to the water shortage here, Amanda, and that was basically to uh, sell beer real cheap. <laughs> oh goodness! That's, that's what that's that was her reaction as well. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that was well received. Uh, that was yeah. very well. <laughs> All of the golf courses loved it, but she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't really crazy about it. We had uh, a huge water shortage, as everyone knows, in California. Um, yeah. And you know, I just saw so many courses lose so much, um, and yeah. and just go to complete, you know, crud. So um, I'm happy to see it's thriving. But yes, it's moving to different parts of the country. I think at one point in time, there is. It's never a no issue with water. I think we've always got somewhere that has a shortage. And, and so I, I think it's interesting that you kind of say, well, we, duh, we start from what we're working with and then build the course based on that. So 
And I and I love green grass. You know, when they started here with the water shortage thing, and they started doing the turf removal, yeah. and they started coming in with the chat. Oh. It, you know, and the and the uh, right. the plants instead. I I'm not a real fan of that because I love green. I love wa- I love uh, right. grass. You want the desert, but you want the lush desert. Correct. <laughs> Correct. He's high maintenance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I think, too, that people forget about the cooling aspects of turf, and that does, uh, you know, can, if you have large areas of it, it can slightly, it can change the microclimate of any given area because the turf doesn't take you long to figure out if you walk on your lawn versus if you walk on concrete or on, on uh, any other kind of pavement, which is cooler. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. So, right. so uh, you, you've got that. But the other part to think about and understand here is that, um, you have um, companies who are, who work diligently to do two things uh, independently because they're two different kinds of companies. One, and most of them are universities, would be um, creating turf types that require less water mm-hmm. re- and, and that will grow at a certain height so that you don't have to mow them as frequently. They require less, less inputs, um, uh, being uh, nutrition or... or um, fungicide, then you also have the irrigation companies who are doing an absolutely marvelous job in putting water exactly where it needs to be and no other place. So there isn't overspray. Um, And and that has a large bearing on why you can see such finite edges on turf in the desert. It's because the, 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 the irrigation systems are designed very precisely to to irrigate only these locations and no others. Now, granted, if you have wind, high wind, that's usually when the irrigation is not going to be out, you know, be, be, be running. So um, they can actually water only what they want to water. Because if you water outside of that, then there's other issues that you have to maintain the weeds or get rid of yeah. the weeds that might pop up whether, where the water shows up. And it's not going well. We're in need of something to break this spell. Having a corporate or charity golf event? Backswing Golf Events can supply your tournament with personable, professional golfers to entertain and fundraise on the golf course. They can accommodate any size group, whether it be three players to 500. They are your team. From range lessons, beat the pro, and pro-am style roaming, they're making lasting memories one swing at a time. So make sure to check out BackswingGolfEvents.com or call us direct at 661-316-3093 and book your pros now. 